Welcome to In Context. This is a CCSU Journalism Department podcast done by CCSU Journalism students. I'm Christina Bachman, your host and producer. Today for our first episode, we'll be talking about if going to college is still worth it. And journalism student Mariah Johnson has her story on a boyfriend who looked like Jesus, but wasn't so holy after all. Thank you for listening, and let's jump into whether us college students are doing the right thing being college students. As a CCSU student, how would you define the college experience? The college experience, hmm. it's a lot of work. <laughs> Very fun. Everybody here is pretty outgoing. You know, it's a nice little vibe. It's like dream come true. Like college is where you meet new people, learn new skills, increase your human capital. Every t- every day is new. You have new challenges. Everything is new. You have you cannot have like words to define college, but it's awesome. It's awesome. Pressure, but pressure in a good and bad way because you need pressure in order to succeed and do better but also like the pressure of being healthy and not overworking yourself to the point of collapsing because i've done that (laughs) college is for educational purposes but also to experience new things um get a better understanding of yourself and what would you like from life and also to develop new friendships etc make good memories and learn what is college for college is for studying and making money and getting a good job and that's it college is part of the modern american dream a degree paves the way for the job that gets the house the dog and the two and a half kids or does it with the crippling debt and the constant pressure is college still worth it what is its value is it still reasonable to see it as a stepping stone to the American dream? We're going to unpack these questions today. With us is Dr. David Blitz from CCSU's philosophy department, Dr. Samantha Skink from economics, and history senior John Carpa. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank, Thank you. you for inviting us. Okay, so let's just get into it. My first question for you all is, how do we as a society measure college's value, do you think? Well, I'll leave it to the economist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm unsure as to how society measures it. I can tell you how economists measure it. We, whenever economists are making decisions, we're always weighing the costs versus the benefits. And we choose to do something if the benefits outweigh the costs. The costs of going to college we're all familiar with. The tuition, fees, room and board if you live on campus. We also consider what we call in economics the opportunity cost, which is what you give up to attend college. So it's the wages that you would have earned if you had just gone directly into the workforce. So if you add all of those things together, you know, that's going to be the total cost. The, The benefit for going to college is the extra earnings that you earn over your lifetime. And these are quite substantial. Uh, On average, and this is just on average, people with a college degree earn about a million dollars more over their lifetime compared to someone who does not have a college degree. So we'd say that's a good investment, right? That college is is an investment in your future earnings potential. So Dr. Blitz, from a philosophical perspective. Well, we're interested in what you learn and what you know. So it's a little hard to measure that, although some people have, have tried. But uh, really, 
the four years or so of college. These days it's slightly more, uh, given that people are working part-time and, and so forth. Uh, really is an occasion to learn about something that you're interested in. So from a philosopher's point of view, it's the knowledge that you acquire, right, to which it's very difficult to put an economic value, but there is certainly a personal value. What about you, John, as a student? How do you measure your college experience? Well, I'm a returning student, and um, I will say when I moved to Connecticut from Chicago, I wasn't able to get a job because I did not have a degree. And I had been a counselor for over 22 years. When I came to Connecticut, I was told what I was doing in Chicago requires a master's or a PhD level now. And, um, and I wasn't able to get a job. So I am back in school, and so I am definitely saying it is uh, worth it. Also, I applied for a job at the state capitol, and they ac actually encouraged me to finish my degree before I started the job, because I would come in, if they chose to hire me next year, I would actually come in at $10,000 a year higher than if they would have hired me this year. Have you seen sort of the values behind going to college and getting a degree shift over the years? Well, th there's obviously a concern that people now have about the debt that you accumulate as a result of going to college. Now, as it turns out in my case, I didn't accumulate a debt since I went in a different country. Uh, I went through 10 years of higher education at a cost of $520 a year. Now, this was some decades ago, but a comparable student today would be paying, I'm talking about uh, Canada, would be paying about $2,000 a year in Canadian. But the general population are paying higher taxes, and part of that collected tax is being returned to the universities through the provincial government to defray the cost of higher education, which is considered as a social good. So the problem in this country is really the debt that students are accumulating, uh, which is considerable. Uh, I run into people 10 years and more, 15 years, 20 years, past their graduation who are still paying it off. Right? And that's, that's a social problem that needs to be looked at. I know my nieces who are attending college, even though they receive financial aid, they will be debt-free when they finish their graduation or very low in debt. Myself, because I was unemployable in Connecticut, I had to take out additional loans for living expenses. So I will actually have a higher debt because of that. And so I think a lot of problems too is students are not, um, whatever the process is for financial aid, um, a lot of students are not receiving the education on, for example, taking out too much money. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s and I feel for my cohort, my generation, it was really pushed on us that you need a college degree in order to be successful. And I think that that is changing a little bit. Um, just the idea that, you know, we're questioning is college valuable, um, I think that is showing a shift in how we're perceiving college. And I think that's a valuable shift uh, because I know a lot of people that ended up going to college, private college, uh, getting a private master's degree um, and then ending up in a job that, sh sh you know, she or he wanted to do but is only making 17 or $18 an hour and didn't need all of that education in order to do the job that they actually wanted. 
So I think that looking at the costs of college and studying whether or not it's worth it is actually a really good thing to do. Um, and so when I say that college graduates earn a million dollars more over their lifetime, that's an average. Uh, people really need to kind of think about what they want to do uh, when they get out of college. Um, and there are plenty of opportunities to make you know, a decent living without doing that. So if, if you want to be a plumber or an electrician, jobs that are in high demand these days with low supply, you can make a lot of money and you don't need to go to college in order to do it. Of course, there could be other reasons why you want to go to college, like the experience, to gain knowledge. If that's worth it to you, then that's great. Um, but the, it might not even out to be, um, the, the monetary costs might not be worth the benefits that you get out of it. So talking about cost and the huge debts that students can accumulate, um, if colleges become tuition free, like New York has implemented that in 2017, they've made all their public institutions free to attend in four-year institutions, does that lower the value of a degree if suddenly it's free and anyone can get it? I don't think so. I mean, when I applied for the job here, I, I competed, I suppose, with dozens of other people who had applied for the job. I had spent approximately $3,000 for my 10 years of education. I suspect the, the others had spent a lot more. But the selection criteria were, what did I know? What was I able to teach? Criteria completely independent of what I had, uh, what I had spent. Uh, Tuition-free uh, community college, which is one of the things that's being discussed, or debt-free university at the very least, another thing which is being discussed, that's possible. I mean, here in Connecticut, uh, we are now part of a system called Connecticut State Colleges and Universities, which is pursuing a a project called Students First. They have blown through more than a third of a billion dollars at the system office in the last 10 years pursuing projects which really will not deliver what they claim. It's, it's largely a bureaucratic effort. If you wanted to have tuition-free community colleges in Connecticut, cut the system office in half. The secondary where a lot of money could be saved, we use here the Blackboard uh, course management system. Uh, I know that over the years, not just C C CSU, but the other universities have spent tens of millions of dollars on this. There is open source software which does an equivalent job, costs nothing. So tens of million dollars can be saved there. Tens of million dollars can be saved cutting costs at the system office. So it's certainly possible to have tuition-free community college and perhaps even debt-free university. But there's going to have to be a real rethinking of how we deliver public higher education in this state. I think that the value of college doesn't come from what you pay for, right? Or it's not because you pay for it. And in fact, you could look at um, for-profit colleges where students end up paying a lot. And um, in many cases, those degrees aren't seen as similar or the exact same as a degree somewhere else, like CCSU or a private accredited college. Um, I think that college, what you, you know, your degree acts as a signal to your employer that you can learn and that you can get through college and earn the degree and you'll be productive. And that will happen no matter 
I mean, you either get your degree or you don't, no matter what you're paying for it. Some people at CCSU aren't paying anything to come to CCSU because they've earned a, um, a scholarship or something like that, or their parents are paying for it. Um, and some people are paying full price. Uh, that says nothing about what they've actually learned at CCSU and you know what they're going to take with them when they when they leave. So I, I do not think that the value of the college degree is tied up with how much it costs. I think it's what you learn when you're there and the skills that it gives you. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York found that 25% of college graduates now earn no more than the average high school graduate. So for someone like an average CCSU student who is middle class or lower income and maybe juggling two or more jobs, does it make sense for them to go to university? Or would it be more reasonable to just get a job straight out of high school? I think that goes back to what we were speaking about before of deciding what do you want, you know, do you have a plan for what you want to do in life? And are you picking the, the correct institution to go through? You know, and also looking at what the job market is. Uh, I originally wanted to go into archeology span and I had a wonderful advisor inform me that um, unless you're in the upper 1% of that um, class, um, and even if you are, you're still going to have a long road ahead of you. So for me, even though I loved archaeology, I knew at my age that I'm 52, that that was going to be a long time before I earned anything um, that was going to get me where I wanted to be in my life. One of the things that students can do is do a double major. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, CCSU is not really structured, although it should be, to permit that. For example, we had a student last year who did economics and philosophy. Uh, he's gone on to a well-paid job and he did something that he's really interested in and he mm -hmm. may go on later on to a PhD program, perhaps in, in philosophy, perhaps in economics. He has those options. If we restructured the advising we give to the students, but also the way in which the registrar's office works here and the way in which the schools work, to encourage more students. Right now you have to do a major and in most cases with the exception, say, of education, a minor. People think of their minor as an afterthought later on. If students could, even if 10% of students chose double majors, we would increase the number of majors we have, and those students then can sort of balance two things. I mean, you could do accounting and philosophy, mm -hmm. right? That's possible. Um, but right now, we're not really structured to do that, and that's a discussion I think we probably need to have. Mm -hmm. I like, uh, I love your st statistic but I'm actually going to give you a couple more. I mean, it is true that, so, that, you know, what you said, a quarter of college grads are earning about the same as they would if they had a high school um, degree. But it's also at the same time, you know, like right now or in the last couple of years, um, earning a, uh, a college degree gives you more job security in this economy. Uh, right now, I think I wrote it down right here, um, the unemployment rate for a people with bachelor's degree is 2.5%, uh, but it is 4.6% for high school grads. So yes, it's true that you may be earning less or the same amount as you would if you had a high school degree, but you're more likely to be employed, which allows you to earn the money. Um, it's also more likely that you're gonna have health insurance associated with your job and other benefits like that. I 
think the statistic that I read about the jobs created in the last decade or so since the Great Depression, over 90% have been filled with um, people that had at least some college. Um, so the new jobs that are being created and um, that are happening in this economy are more likely to go to college um, students and graduates and people with some college um, experience relative to those that just have a high school degree. So even though I think like just looking at wages might be a little bit misleading. So I happen to be a double major. Mm -hmm. Ah, very good. And um, I do feel like I'm getting more out by having two majors. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest hindrances I feel is all the gen eds that we have to do. It's taking away from me focusing on my majors. So my question to you is, do you think that general education requirements take away from the value of the experience that you get in college because you're not focusing directly on the subjects that you want to focus on? Yeah, that's the third rail of uh, yeah. higher education. Uh, it, it is certainly part of the ideology of American higher education that general education should be as broad and varied as possible. When I first came to Central, Gen Ed was 60 credits, and we had quite a discussion in order to try and get it down to a more reasonable number. I believe the state mandates one-third. Personally, I think one-quarter would be more appropriate, and I think that for students who are doing a double major, that, that should really be taken into account. Um, what is happening is that Students find, on average, that they are obliged by the gen ed to do courses they're not interested in, in areas where they are not particularly strong. They're, I have a feeling it's just a hunch that their GPA is lowered as a result. Um, but on the other hand, there's a very strong ideology among faculty, which is that the all-around student is what we want to have as our product. Um, and it's very difficult uh, we've, I've been involved since 1989 in probably four different efforts to reform general education. It is probably the most difficult thing to do and the least successful, precisely because of what we call turf warfare. Departments all want those gen ed students because they figure they can get lines on that basis. Or, and this is a, a natural uh, illusion, uh, economists think that the best field is eco economics. Shouldn't everybody have some economics <laughs> background? Because after all, the economist went and got a PhD in economics. Well, the philosophers see the same thing. The anthropologists see the same thing. Mm -hmm. I once designed a gen ed program of 120 credits, leaving one credit for your major and one credit for your minor. And I distributed <laughs> it around and everything was made sense. Shouldn't everybody do a course in construction and management? Because they're gonna, at some point, buy a house or, or rent a house. Uh, it's really hard to say that anything is not valuable. And then we have to begin to think about how to modify uh, higher education, including general education, to take into account some of the changes that are occurring, in not just in the economy around us, but in the way in which people receive and, and get their information. For example, students are all connected to the Internet. They can explore interesting areas which otherwise might only have been available to them through a gen ed course. Now they can do it in some other way. As, a, as advising, it's advising week mm. right now. Um, one of the uh, things that I dislike, or one of the worst parts of that job is telling a student that they've finished with their major and they're finished with their minor and now they have to take 
a whole semester of you know anything and that they just they just want to get out and they want to get into the you know the workforce and they want to um, you know they don't want to pay for another semester of college um, or that you know they've finished with their major and their minor and they have a job waiting for them and they have to take you know Philosophy. Yeah, well, <laughs> philosophy or or, um, or economics. Or economics. Yeah. Or I've taken both. Yeah, <laughs> or um, the physical education course. I have one student that uh, he didn't get it in the you know as a freshman, and now he needs to take it as a senior. So um, I think that I think that a well-rounded student is great, but maybe some of the skills that Gen Ed requires, we could maybe put in majors themselves and teach them the specific skills that they need. For instance, I know that CCSU, you need to take a writing course. Um, wh when I went to, where I went to college, they had the writing within the major, so you learned major-specific writing, which gave you a little more, you know, a, a more defined skill set, let's say. Um, so I understand the, the frustration that students have. Um, and I hope that maybe with their gen eds, they can just take one something that they're interested in, maybe just a, even just a little bit, or something that will give them skills that they can use you know, outside of college, like construction management, so they know how to buy a house. <laughs> As a student, what do you think? I think it does need an overhaul. I do believe there are definitely some gen ed courses you need. Um, I know, for example, math. And some of the basic sciences have really benefited me in my psychology and history major. Um, and I don't think there's very few majors that those wouldn't benefit. But I have heard, um, as also being a senator on student government, um, we have heard several um, complaints about students about the gen ed courses, um, as well as some of the advising, because we have heard like double majors sometimes will go five or six years just to just to complete that and and I will say that's why I did not have a double major in psychology because I that, you know I do want to get out into the workforce and to spend that extra money is uh, I know it's an investment but there that's two more years where I could be going on to my masters um, which I plan on doing so I'm, I you know you have to weigh that out and it's really hard is a college experience valuable even if the student drops out or doesn't finish on time? Yes. I will, uh, I'm sorry, but yes it is. I've had some, uh, just instructor-wise, I think CCSU is underrated in some ways. We have some excellent instructors here. I've had instructors just give us valuable daily information. Um, when I was in the education program, I had an instructor just tell me, Every day I have power bars in my drawer because there's many students who don't eat. You don't get that in a, you know, in a formal, in your textbooks. And that was valuable information. I've had many instructors tell me, this is what you're getting into um, for your major. You know, as a history major, you know, we've, uh, we've had assignments where this will be part of your life. And then give you little tidbits on how to maneuver around that, that we never hear about in the books. And I, if I wouldn't have went to college, um, even in psychology, um, I'm learning stuff in psychology, even though I have all this experience, some other tip I never heard of. I also think just connecting with other students, 
how are you doing, how, what's going on in your life, and also different interests. Maybe I realized my major wasn't my passion, and I'm exposed to different ideas, different, um, uh, different types of uh, what students are thinking they want to do that I may never even thought of. What do they're, they're doing? It's like, oh, I really like that idea. And I, I think just having that academic atmosphere and sharing of ideas, it's a free place to, I would say here at CCSU, for the most part, I'm not judged for sharing my ideas where I know if some of those ideas I would just share in a workplace or even share at the family dinner, that would not be a wise choice. <laughs> and it allows me to see where my thinking is kind of skewed and and also allow me to make decisions for my choice. Okay, I don't like what you think, but we can still have that conversation uh, and not hating. You know, just because you disagree with me doesn't mean you are a bad person. And I think that's one of the biggest experiences you can, uh, or the most uh, positive experiences you can um, have as a student. Should colleges prioritize personal and intellectual growth or the development of workforce relevant skills? I think that uh, knowledge is what the university is about. It has been since the time of Aristotle and Plato, if you go back to the Middle Ages, for the <coughs> formulation of the, the modern university. It's about knowledge. And, of course, there are skills which are uh, required in order to acquire, retain, and use that knowledge, but you pick that up in the course of learning something. So I don't think that there are skills in the abstract. Um, in that case, I think that you can you can focus on what you're learning. And curiously enough, in real life, that is to say outside the university, you got to do what your boss wants you to do. You got a family, you got to do what your children or your spouse wants to do. University should be four years when you do what you want to do. Um, sometimes my economist side and my personal side fight with one another. <laughs> um, I think there needs to be a balance. I think that coming to college should ready you for the workplace um, and that as faculty we should be aware of what our students need when they leave here and um, you know try and find it and hopefully ultimately get a job um, but for me personally I think that f my college experience was a time of personal growth and uh, very much so intellectual growth and I don't think I would have pursued the career that I ultimately ended up pursuing without that experience. That's it, and thank you so much for coming to talk to us for our first installment of our new department podcast. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, yeah thanks. Thank you. That was fun. I'll let you go now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Joshua Rosario for getting those interviews at the start of the segment. Definitely don't overwork yourself to the point of collapse, everyone. Wow. And moving on to our next segment, yes, Mariah Johnson dated Jesus. How did that go? My first boyfriend, he looked like Jesus. He had this Rapunzel hair that always smelled like strawberries when the wind blew. Um, can I have a double cheeseburger with lettuce, tomato, mayo, and damn, your eyes are something serious. That's how we met. Serving me one of the best Five Guys burgers of my life. 
Three days later, he's standing in the completely wrong parking lot waiting for me, wearing a leather jacket, these destroyed denim jeans, and fixing his flawless middle part. Like the godly gentleman he was raised to be, he opens the car door for me, looking better than the entire Five Guys menu. Three weeks later, there we are, sitting crisscross applesauce on his bed. He smirked and asked me if I smoked. I didn't. But who wouldn't want to know what Jesus would smoke if given the chance? He hopped up and grabbed a wooden cigarello chest, switching out the tobacco for sprinkles of Mary Jane. The ecstasy in his eyes as he inhaled his effortlessly rolled blunt. I wondered what Jesus had to hide. Three months later, I officially hated Thursdays. His laundry days. But this Thursday, his girlfriend of five years called. Five years! And I'm just on the phone like, I guess you can say I'm his other girlfriend? Talk about a mood killer! I couldn't freaking believe it! And neither could she! She called religiously for days until she finally had these goddess legs trapped in her backseat. As we drove to my death in this creepy abandoned parking lot, I spot his car pulling in and an unrecognizable man getting out. And I'm just thinking to myself, what? Where is his Rapunzel climbing hair? Why is he wearing glasses? Where is his leather jacket? Next thing you know, his girlfriend of five years is screaming, I hate you! At the top of her lungs while ripping off his glasses and stomping on them. We go to therapy every Thursday! Now I'm like, wait, hold up. Laundry day? Oh, somebody has a lot of dirty laundry, all right. But wait, it gets even better! As she punches him in the face, after thinking about the fact that he just told her dad last week that he was going to marry her, she looks at me and him and then screams, You want to know what the worst part is? I can't even hate her because she's so freaking nice! Thank you for listening to the first installment of In Context. Tune in Monday, November 25th for our second show. It'll be even better than the first. Thank you again, Christina Bachman, CCSU Journalism.